Hey there, it's Craig Ansell from the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I have a simple question for you. What kind of story are you telling? If you don't think you're telling a story, you are absolutely wrong. You're always telling a story to those around you. You're always being observed. It doesn't matter if we're talking about your personal life or your professional life. And you need to be aware of this because it can affect you when it comes to salary, performance reviews, and even opportunities for promotion. I was an engineer and in 2008 lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. This is Craig Ansell. Thank you for joining me again for this week's Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Today, we're talking about what kind of story are you telling? In the intro, I questioned you and I asked, what story are you telling? Now, if you shrug your shoulders or say, Craig, I don't have a story, hate to say it, but you're absolutely wrong. Every one of us is telling a story. We may not even be aware of it, And that's part of why I am releasing today's show, to allow you to have some awareness of what's going on out there when we interact with our peers, our workforce, and even friends and family. The first part is having self-awareness. Awareness of how we act, awareness of what we do, awareness of our body language. You know, while our language is our primary way of communicating, It is said that 80 to even 90% of our communication comes from the non-spoken word, the body language. But also with part of that, it's not just the words we choose to use, it's the words we should choose not to use or not to say. That might be a little bit of a head scratcher for you, and I'll say that again. It's our word choice, but it's also the words we should choose not to use. By taking the time to communicate effectively, specifically, it makes our points stronger, they come across more clearly, and possibly we could simply use less words. There's an old saying out there, less is more, and I truly believe that when it comes to conversations, emails, as well as the written word. How much do you really need to say to get your point across? How Few words can you use to do that effectively. Now, this reminds me, talking about storytelling and being observed, this reminds me of a book that my wife Erin and I read years ago. And I don't immediately recall the title or the author, but the message stuck with us. And really, it's about each person, all of us, were unique. Not only are we made unique, but we also process information in unique ways as well. 
So what's something that I might see or something that I might do to react to a certain situation could be completely different from how someone else could react. This simply goes to tell you that not everybody thinks the way that we do or thinks the way that I do. And not everybody's going to react in the same ways that I would for certain situations. So there's kind of a a reminder from this book that comes to mind. And it's just about treating everyone differently, everyone uniquely, and that you can't um, assume reactions or responses to given situations or certain information. And really, I think that's the big message from the book that I recall, that everybody's entitled to their own viewpoints and will process information differently upon certain situations and potentially react differently. So thinking about that, when you walk around your office, when you walk around your home, your environment, you're out with your friends, we each have our little ways of communicating our uniquenesses about us, right? And so I think that's what's important, to have that self-awareness. People can pick up on some of your tells. It's kind of like your poker face. When you're doing something and you're about to make a mistake, maybe you have a certain movement you do, you scratch your arm or you bite your lip, or some people chew on pencils and things when they're excited or nervous. Why I'm talking about these things is that we're all telling stories, and it can affect us in areas such as interviewing, when you're giving presentations, maybe even making judgments or decisions about things, decision-making. If you're interested in leadership, being a leadership position, or you already are in leadership, you're also telling a story. So it's a question about how strongly are you leading. And finally, all these things get packed into emotional intelligence. You'll know I really enjoy emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence, excuse me. And you'll know that I just really enjoy thinking about how we think. It's kind of crazy. So there's so many books out there about helping us understand our brains and our body language and our communication. And that's part of why I wanted to talk about today's show. If you're in a work environment, whether it's in the office or out in the field, we're always telling stories. The minute that you can be observed, such as in the example of an interview, the minute that you can be observed, you are starting to tell a story. I was talking to a school last year, class of, uh, I think it was about 40 or 50 students, and I asked them, when did the interview start? And a couple of them said, when you sit down, when the door closes, when you shake hands. And I think these are all great answers, and they're all right. They're all correct. That could be a point when the interview starts. I asked them to start to think back and, and rewind a little bit. What happens earlier than those activities for the interview? They, one of them said, when you arrive, you know, to the office, talk to the receptionist. I said, that's great. Back up a little further. I was trying to get them to focus on the possibility of driving to an interview and being seen when you park your vehicle. Do you park calmly and effectively, or do you race into the parking spot because you're running late? Do you use a crosswalk, for example, for street signs, you know, stoplights? Or do you run across traffic because you're running behind and then you happen to be wearing something that's unique to your outfit that when you finally get to that interview, the office people were able to see you in the street acting that way. The point is, you've told a story about being rushed and hurried, kind of disobeying traffic and just running through there kind of uh, in an unsafe manner. This show is not about interviews, but I just wanted you to think about where can you be observed, right? And in this case, I told people it's really 
when the first time that you can be seen or recognized. And somebody else actually came up with a better answer, and I asked them if I could steal it. And one of my students over the years that I had spoken with and to their schools said, Mr. Craig, I think it's when you wake up. And I'm like, that's amazing, because it's all about what your mindset is. What are you thinking about? Will you have success? Will it be a positive day? How do you frame everything? So I think that's really awesome. And I just, I, I think it's something that we should keep in our hearts and minds. You know, how does your day start? It's when you wake up, whether it's for an interview or something else. Now, the next thing about storytelling would be about presentations, because in presentations, you're physically present and you're, touring, you're telling a story as well, and probably using slides, a projector, maybe, you know, a short movie, something like that. If not, the old days charts and, you know, um, charts and laser pointers and such. But there's two things going on here. There's the content in your presentation so that you can keep the audience's attention and clearly and effectively tell your story. But also, as you tell that story, you're telling a story. It sounds kind of crazy, right? But are you standing up straight? Are you confident? Were you in the room early, for example? Were you prepared? Do you have everything that you need? Adequate amount of lighting? Is the room temperature correct? Um, Enough chairs in case there's some overflow? Do you know who you're expecting? Do you know who your audience will be? And, and, you know, I have some uh, podcast episodes on presentation skills as well, but really this is just to get you to think about what you do in your day. What kind of story do you tell? Well, it's all about your emotional intelligence, your confidence, and how you view things. Are you a positive person or do you happen to be more of a negative person? Things typically go wrong in your life or so you feel. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? right? You might have heard that saying before. It's all about views. So now we jump down into emotional intelligence. And that's where, as I mentioned earlier, it's kind of like about a poker face. It's about reading people and trying to, a little froggy today, the allergy is really bad here in Central Florida. I apologize. But it's, it's really about reading people and processing what do you think they're feeling? Are they observing you correctly? Are you communicating well? If you say something and someone in your audience gives off a negative vibe or a negative emotion, do you take the time to repeat your information or change the word slightly to clarify so that the audience understands? Perhaps maybe if you're doing a presentation, like I said earlier, the slides are simply too busy. There's too much information on there. And maybe due to a short period of time that you have to address this information, you are rushing through the slides and people can't really process it and can't absorb it. So it's something to think about there. But on the emotional intelligence side as well, you can start to look at yourself, that self-awareness I was talking about earlier. Notice how you're acting. Are you appearing calm and in control, having a confidence about you? Or are you rushed, hurried, appearing nervous? Hey, when everybody presents, they get nervous to some degree or another. Even the professionals get nervous, but they may have ways and techniques to control that or minimize that so it doesn't show so much on their outward appearance. So these are just things to think about, about how you tell your story. Now, when we drop down into the next category, judgment, when you tell a story, it may be judgment. What? How, how well do you handle judgments in, a, in the sense of decision-making, right? You're thinking about a situation, you're dealing with issues, maybe dealing with risks if you're involved like I am with project management, and how good are you at your judgment calls? 
Do you make solid, confident judgments or decisions? Or are they rushed, haphazard, and you have, let's say, a really bad uh, batting average, right? A really low percentage of wins. Most of the time when you make those decisions, the team moves forward. But unfortunately, it's one step forward and two steps back, meaning that you made some progress, but based on your decision or that judgment call, you've actually had some difficulties or some challenges, some problems arose, and now you're going backwards. So this storytelling really is about observing your environment, whether it's a physical work environment with people around you, or it's a virtual environment where you're on the call or uh, you know on Zoom meetings and video meetings. What are you observing? Not only with the audio and, and the spoken word, as I mentioned earlier, but it's about people's tones, their attention, Do they look at you or at least look through the camera to focus and pay attention to others on the call or in the meeting? Are they appearing distracted? Do people join a call, for example, without being on video? In some companies, that's a no-no because management and the teams, while working remotely, want you to be present as much as you can. And while we have all this great technology and supposed increasing bandwidth, we should be able to be on an audio and video call without a problem. And then the final step I wanted to talk about since we've talked about judgment decision-making is leadership. And part of that is leadership does involve decision-making as well for yourself, for your team, for your group, and maybe you know having vision of moving forward, whether it's your company, your group, or your, your um, small support staff that you might be leading. But leadership is about, again, your confidence, as I mentioned earlier. Do you take the time to know your employees? Do you take the time to interface with them, just to spend a few moments every day and recognize them? I can't tell you the number of people I've worked with over the years that have actually said one of the reasons they wanted to leave their group, their department, or their company was because they didn't feel recognized. Now, recognition means different things for different people. For you and I, it can mean completely different things. Some people, recognition means financial recognition. They want to see significant pay increases. They want to see bonuses. They want stocks and options and other things. To them, money makes them feel rewarded and recognized. And to some degree, I agree with that. But on the other hand, there's other types of recognition, such as verbal. Yes, you can simply recognize someone by saying good morning to them in the, you know, as you see them first in the day. You can also thank them when they do a specific activity or task. You can have team meetings and recognize specific people as you go out through the week and the month. And, you know, if it's the same person repeatedly, that's fine. But try to look for others in case you have a couple like uh, rock stars or superstars in your group. Try to look for others and see where their sharp sharpness lies, where they're contributing. I think it shouldn't always be the same person being recognized because that would appear to be a favorite. It may actually be true that you have a top or a key performer in your group, but on the other hand, that's not to say that everyone else is not doing something to contribute, right? So about the story, what story do you tell when you talk with your team? Do you recognize your team? Do you communicate with them on a regular basis with greetings? Do you thank them if they work through lunch, skip a break, or if they stay late? On, your, on the personal side of things, what kind of story do you tell? In reality, we all see things differently. And if you start to recognize, after listening to the show, what you do when you go home, do you have any certain patterns, any certain tells that you give off or that you show? 
Maybe they're not positive patterns. Little things like this can help you change your story to a more positive story. Once you start to look at things differently, your surroundings, and say, oh, you know what? I noticed a piece of uh, trash at the house there. I'll get that later. Or that's, you know, under the table. I'll get to that later. Well, that's a famous one too, right? Getting to something later. Maybe just take the time and address that now. I think if you're, you know, you have a partner, uh, a spouse perhaps, they'll appreciate that, that you're addressing things as you see them, taking action in the immediate time instead of delaying it for later, potentially forgetting about it, right? It kind of falls to the wayside. So for today's show, it's coming to a close, but I simply wanted to remind you that we are all telling stories, our tone, our word choice, our body language, and then, of course, our emotional intelligence is all part of that, how not only we act, but how we observe others and react, as well as self-awareness, self-monitoring, to see if we're improving. Thank you so much for being a valuable listener to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. If you've liked today's show, I have a serious request for you. Please stop what you're doing, safely stop what you're doing, and put some comments up. Apple iTunes would be appreciated or whatever podcast player you're doing. We react to your comments and we try to give you as much content as we can that align with Career Growth Made Easy, whether it's in your personal or professional environments. We look forward to hearing from you, seeing your comments and your reviews, and Always, you're welcome to share our show with family, friends, and coworkers. We'd love to help more people out there, and awareness is key. Awareness of our show will help us expand. Don't forget, you're always telling a story, my friend. Talk to you next week. Peace.